The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM, Destination Unknown. She's our guest presenter for today. She's got her music, she's got her books, she's got her guests, and she's on the line right now. Sipukazi Mangukula, thank you so much for joining us. Um, good morning, Michelle, and good morning to all the listeners out there. Thank you for having me again on the show. <laughs> it's such a delight, and I have to say, I've been so excited for this because you inspired me so much when I last spoke to you, and you inspired me again when I went to look you up on YouTube. And uh, I think that uh, that's something we need right now in this country. Sipokazi, before we even go into your choice of song, you are at the moment at home, Kanya Mazane in Mpumalanga. And in fact, your guests are both from Kanya Mazane as well, which I love as well. Just describe for us, uh, you're sitting at home, what are you looking at? If you look out your door, out your window, what are you looking at right now? Um, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, okay. Well, where I live, I'm looking, there's like, there's a, there's like a, a main road, so there are cars passing by every day. Um, but uh, mostly, most of the time, I see a lot of, um, people passing by, not not a lot of people because of the uh, lockdown um, restrictions. Yeah. Um, people are staying at home. They they are protecting themselves. They're staying safe. Um, one of the saddest things that happened this week is one of my neighbors lost their mother. Um, so it's it it hasn't been a really great start for the year, but I believe that as time goes on, it will get better. So, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping things will get better as time goes on. But so far, everything is 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 good. So what are you doing while you kind of uh, hunker down and lock down and uh, wait to go back to school, which is only in March? So you've got a lot of time on your hands. Yeah, like we have a lot. Like I have the whole month of February <laughs> day yeah. at home. Um, so far, I well, I've, I've started... Um, I, I registered at uh, Udemy for online courses. <laughs> yeah. I, I am doing a, a course in um, app development, and I'm also doing a course in um, digital painting. Wow. So that's what, <laughs> yeah, that's what's been keeping me busy for the past uh, few weeks. Digital painting and uh, app development. Now, there's a there's a way into the future for sure. Sipukazi, yeah. you chose your first song, uh, Maverick City, Man mm. of Your Word. Talk to us about that. Um, okay, well, Man of Your Word is a, um, it's a, it's a reassuring song for me. Um, I, I was, I used to, okay, I started listening it um, recently. Yeah. It speaks about, it, it's actually, it's more of an encouraging song reminding us that um, whatever situations that we come across, God is with us. His promises are always true. His promises are always yes and amen. And in whatever circumstance, in whatever situation, we should remember that God is a man of his word. He will always be with us. He will always, in, he will always um, support us in everything that we need. He will always supply us with all our needs. So basically that's what the song is, is about and that's why I actually fell in love with it because of what it reminds us of like what is going on around this country at the moment with the second wave. It reminded me that 
regardless of how bad it seems, we will always overcome with God by our side. So, yeah. Sipokazi, you obviously use your faith quite um, as an important, uh, no, I don't want to say crutch, but certainly as an important guide and guide for the work that you do. And I want you to, to take you into the work that you do because you won the National Science and Technology Forum Award for receiving at the time at school over 90% in maths and science. And that, of course, yeah. took you off to Wits to do a BSc in mathematical science. And at the time that I spoke to you last time, what intrigued me was your passion for numbers and why numbers, you felt that numbers were a means to opening up the world for yourself and indeed for others. Tell us about yeah. that passion for numbers. Oh, right. Okay, so... Um since high school, I've, I, I, okay, well, in primary school, I wasn't really good at math as I was in high school. Um, there were times where I, I would get 50s, I would get 40s, and I really didn't care about it that much until I got to high school. Um, in high school, I, um, I met a very, very, very smart and brilliant teacher who encouraged me to actually fall in love with maths by the way she taught it and so that um in grade 10 actually that's when it all started i realized that mathematics is not is, is not what we what we most um students perceive it to be um nowadays you find that um people come to you and say math is difficult and all that stuff and in your mentality you, you you take that word in and without even trying the math you then perceive it as something difficult and impossible and mm. then so for me i realized that it's not always like that because math is actually very very interesting it's so so interesting you actually you actually i i feel <laughs> i feel smart yeah <laughs> more brilliant when I am doing maths, because it's a very interactive subject, it's a very interactive course. It's it's very broad. Um, for me, I, I've I've learned, I've realized actually that it's not um, what we perceive it to be. If we could change our mindset towards it, we re we realize that it's also a language. Just as it's easy to learn English, French, and all those other languages, you can actually find maths to also being easy learning it because it's also just a language. If you hmm. understand the basics of it, if we understand the foundations of it, once we get to the complex stuff like calculus, um, algebra, linear algebra, you'll find that it all just depends on you understanding the language and everything is just built from there and it becomes easy to just do it as time goes on. So that's actually how I fell in love with that. Mr. you mentioned, and I, I do love um, this idea of a teacher who says, okay, fine, I'm going to give you the opportunity to learn a language. I mean, really, that that's really what it's about. I mean, so instead of just going into the class and learning a new language, you're learning the new language of mathematics. What is it, do you think, that we need to see our teachers doing? If you think about that extraordinary teacher that you had in your high school at uh, Seton Tile Senior Secondary School, what 
what was it about that teacher? And you're welcome to name her and give, we'll give her applause for her amazing work. But what was it about the way she engaged with you and other students as well? Um, okay, the way she she approached me at first, it was scary. <laughs> because she, she came to me. I was struggling a lot. And so I went to her and told her that, ma'am, I'm struggling with this. I don't know what to do. And she told me straight on that what I should do is that I should stop playing and stop trying and actually start doing the math. And so it, it was a bit scary, but I, I feel that tough love is what, what encouraged me to actually push myself to, to learn the subject because she was, she was willing to help me. And at the same time, she was, she was not willing to take any nonsense. <laughs> so she would always tell me, don't do this, do that. Don't think like this, think like that. So the way she would approach she would approach me with problems, the way she would approach me whenever I had questions, I, it's what made me to actually push myself because at first I thought that maybe she thought that I couldn't do it. And so I wanted to prove her wrong. <laughs> and yeah. in the end, I did. And so I think that's that's what actually that's one thing that her attitude towards the the way she was teaching me it's what actually pushed me to actually do better. So I think that's what most of our of our math teachers should do is that yeah. they should push they should push us they should like even when they see us doing wrong they should tell us no that this is wrong. Like even if it's even if it sounds cruel to us, <laughs> because sometimes the best way to learn is when you're under pressure. So, for, okay, for others, pressure is not really the best thing. So I feel like for me it was. So I feel like teachers should be more interactive with us, especially when it comes to mathematics, because it's a mm. very sensitive subject. So if they are more interacting with us, they are more propelling when it comes to us learning the subject i think i think we, we i think most students can actually find the subject more more easier than what they thought it would be sipokazi um i'm interested to know in the journey that you have taken and we're going to be talking to some of your guests who are all as i said um students uh, in the past from your your home, uh, Kanya Mazane, in Mpumalanga. And they've all gone. The one has become a medical student. The other is the author of a, of a, of a book. Um, in many ways, what you've had to do is you've had to say, okay, now's my time. I'm going to go and engage in something quite different, and I'm going to go and study at university. What are some of those challenges? Um. Yeah, okay, well, in where I come from, there's not a lot of people who are doing courses that do involve mathematics. Um, so I thought to myself that um, I wanted to change that because I feel like a lot of people are afraid to do courses that include mathematics because of how they, they find it in high school. Mm. So um, I, I chose... Um, to do a course in mathematics because I also wanted to encourage many of our students because most of the time when I was in class, when I was still in matric, like when I would tell people that I'm going to study a course in mathematics, (laughs) 
they would look at me like, hey, you're signing up for failure and all that stuff. Like, yeah. you, you're going to cause yourself more stress and all that stuff. But I just feel like we all have, we all deserve a chance to do something that's beyond expectations, that's, that's like against all odds. Because in my community, I, I, there's not a lot of people who, who tackle courses like, um, the ones that I'm doing, actuarial sciences, you know, all those courses. Not just your community. Like, I would imagine most communities. I mean, I hear the word actuarial science. And yeah. I, I feel I, an anxiety creep up my throat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because it is, honestly, it is a difficult course. But one thing I tell myself that is that it may be difficult, but it's not an impossible thing to achieve. Yeah. Um, as long as I just keep on telling myself that it's not impossible, it's not impossible, I actually get encouraged more to do the course because I know that it won't only just open doors for me, but it will also open doors for others who hmm. were afraid of doing courses in math to actually just take on the challenge and be what they want to be. How do your contemporaries respond to you, the other students who were at school with you, and they know that you are uh, someone who is literally working in uh, mathematics, uh, calculus, and the like? I mean, how do they respond? A lot of them were not that surprised yeah. <laughs> because they put that, because she's a smart student, she passed with distinctions, she's going to make it and all that stuff. Um, so, yeah, most of my friends uh, were actually um, supportive. They were congratulating me. They were encouraging me, telling me that, um, I mean, it, the fact that you take you took on this course, it means that you are passionate about what you want to do. It means that you're sure about where you're going. So I, I'm, I was really... So I wasn't really shocked about their reaction, <laughs> but I was really gr- grateful because most of them were really supportive in my decision. Sipukazi Magogula, we're talking to, she's a second year BSc Mathematical Sciences, University of Witwatersrand student, and she is uh, one of the students in 2019 who had a distinction, overall distinction, 90% and above with uh, maths and science and uh, has now moved on to study, as I said, at WITS. But uh, really why we're interested as well is because of the passion for maths and the critical passion that is required, not just for maths, but for other topics. But passion is the topic of the day, a person with passion. Your second song, uh, Sipukazi, that you've chosen is DJ Zintle. Why did you choose DJ Zintle? Um, I really like her music, especially this one that she released um, recently. Yeah. Um, I feel like it's also a, it's also about it's a, it's a, it's also an encouraging song. It speaks about uh, okay, well, in Zobu, in English, it means elephant. So basically, it means that um, in every trial, in every situation that you come across, you will overcome. You have to be patient. You have to be wise. Um, you have to be strong, just as elephants are. Um, so it's a it's a very nice, catchy song. It's also uplifting in the spirit. So I I feel I feel like this song people need to hear it because it's a very beautiful song if you listen to it very closely. Yeah. Well, let's do that. 
The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. Our guest this morning is Sipokazi Magakula, second year BSc Mathematical Science studio, a student. And uh, we're focusing on learning about maths, what maths means, but also about uh, her friends, her partners in the world in terms of work, etc., and what she's all doing. You chose a book, Sipokazi. Um, it's received incredible reviews. I have not read it yet, but it received incredible reviews, the debut book by an author who was, in fact, uh, an endangered bird specialist, Glenda Vandera and uh, Where the Forest Meets the Stars. Tell us about that particular choice. Um, this is a, it's a story about a mysterious child. Her name is Ursa. Um, so she ran away from home after witnessing the murder, the murder of her mother by, by two um, men who demanded um, sex from the mother, but her denial led to her death. And so the child ran away to, um, and then she came across, um, uh, a woman named Joanna Till. She she lived in a forest. She was a graduate um, researching um, um, nesting birds in a in the rural Illinois. And so she came across this woman who who also had lost her mother recently and had underwent um, surgery and breast cancer. So it's it's more like a story that teaches. Um, well, it shows how this mysterious child teaches um, Joanna to learn how to love again, to, to, to experience love again through the journey of being a mother and also um, falling in love, which is something that she also thought would be impossible um, considering her, 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 her situation and her, her, her problem in, in, in breast cancer surgery. So it's a, it's a very nice story. Um, it it for me it 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 rather emphasized the whole idea of rediscovering love again when when it seems like it it's impossible to experience it again. Um, so there are moments in the story where it it talks about um, her experiencing good things whenever she's with this mysterious child. Her falling in love again, her graduating, her being a professor and all that stuff. So it, it's really a nice story. It talks about their incredible bond, um, difficult choices that had to be made in their lives that led them to that position where they actually rediscover the whole mother and daughter relationship and rediscover the whole idea of love. So, so, so yeah, very brief, briefly, you know, a bit earlier we were talking, uh, uh, Zai and I were talking about how we, we can take something from the book and translate it into our own worlds and into our own lives. And I'm, I'm trying to understand what did you take from this particular book uh, and how have you translated it into your own life? Okay. Um, into my own life, I would say that it it really just... It really showed me the meaning of, of, of true love between um, between two people, I can say. Yeah. Because um, at times, we, we as, a, as, a, as a teenager... Um, <laughs> 
I can say that uh, it's really been difficult to just understand the whole idea of, of what true love is, mm, um, especially with, um, with um, okay, I've, I've faced a lot of, of lies and deceit with yeah. <laughs> growing up as a teenager, um, confusing and all that stuff. And I just rediscovered that um, true love is not what I thought it was, but, but true love can exist in many forms. And so for me, it just made me appreciate the the relationships that I currently have. Instead of going out there searching for true love, I yeah. should just nurture and, and nourish the love that I'm already being given at home. So for me, that's what this story just unraveled within me, that I shouldn't just look for true love anywhere else. There's true love even between me and my mother, between me and my sisters, between me, my brothers, and my friends. So instead of going out there searching for love that I don't, I'm not even sure of, why don't I just appreciate the love that is already within my life? So let's talk about your friends and uh, the great relationships that you have with your friends who have gone on to also do great things from your neighborhood, from Kanyamazane. We've got your first guest on the line, Glenn Twala, who is also a student, uh, Glet, sorry, not, not Glet, my eyes are terrible. Um, Glet Twala, who's also a student at Vits, and yeah. but has moved to being a second year medical student, moved into that space. Tell us a little bit about that friendship and tell us a little bit about Glet. Um, well, uh, Glet. And I became best friends, I think, in um, when I was in grade 10. Um, he, he's one of the people who, who were always by my side, who would always help me when I was practicing. Um, um, he was always there. Um, he used to be my, he was my desk mate, but not for a long time. So we used to practice maths together, we used to do a lot of things together, and so he was one of those people who always encouraged me to speak out whenever something was bothering bothering me. Um, he was always one of those people who would push me to be um, a better version of myself. There are things that he taught me that I didn't, um, <laughs> I never knew. So Glenn is just one of those people who are are really smart, who are really (laughs) funny, who are really, he's he's a breath of fresh air, I can say that. So (laughs) being around him all the time, I I feel he's like, he's more like a brother than I can say a friend. So he's been with me literally in every single thing I've come across in high school. He made high school, he's one of those people who made high school um, very interesting for me. So, yeah. Glet, thank you so much for joining us. It's a pleasure. You know, I hear this, and what what is quite profound, actually, is the bond of friendship and how friends do last. And if they do last, they, they may last forever, but they may also be over time. But how critical good friendships are. And even now, if I think about it in a time of COVID, let maybe talk to us about what friendship means for you. Friendship to me. Well, yeah. firstly, before I say anything, like listening to Sipogazi speak about me like that, it's very heartwarming. <laughs> so, okay. Um, friendship to me is more about, like, 
I don't really put labels like that. It's either you're by my side or you're not. Mm-hmm. And when you're by my side, it's like your family. I will treat you like you are my family. And I will obviously expect the same thing from you. And if that same energy is reciprocated, then it's for life. So we're talking about loyalty and respect. Yes. And I suppose we're also talking about uh, empathy for one another as well. I want yeah. to know, Glet, are you ever very honest with Sipokazi? Do you <laughs> just say, you know, you're talking rubbish here. This is. Um, I am. I am. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I am honest. Um, we used to spend a lot of time together since we were in the same class in high school, like throughout the last years of high school, we were in the same class. And even before the COVID times when we were still in school, we used to spend a lot of time together. So we we used to have that type of interaction where if she would want to do something and like it wasn't something that she would she should be doing, then I would tell her. Then, um, I would tell her. That's the type of person that I am. Sipokazi? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Has he ever like uh, laid down uh, the story that you thought, okay, that's just one step too honest? Uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we've had moments like that before. <laughs> but honestly, it just proved to me that, uh, well, he trusts me a lot or he trusts me enough to be that honest with me. Yeah. So, yeah. I want to, to talk to you both. You know, you both um, are now into your second year at university, Glet. Uh, you're studying medicine, obviously, once again, um, with a focus. I mean, the focus comes back to maths. But I listen to you both and I get excited because I think, you know, you know, everybody's always going, oh, it's, you know, teenagers, whatever, this, that. <laughs> but actually, you guys are like, you're flying you showing the world what you've got, what you're made of, and what your futures could look like. If you had to say to other young people, what do you think it is that is helping you be so focused? It's helping you position your journey so clearly and take a look at the world that you want to create. Glet, I'll start with you. I, if I had to speak to the youth, like if I had a platform like that, I would obviously tell them to dream. There's nothing greater than having a dream for yourself and actually working towards achieving that because if you constantly remind yourself of your dream, that's going to keep you motivated. And motivation is like one of the best things that you can ever do for yourself in order for you to remain consistent like that because consistency is another thing that is going to get you like very far in life. So I would encourage people to set goals, dream, like have determination, like know where you're going, know what you want to do and be consistent in trying to realize those dreams of yours. What is your dream? Sorry? I said, what is your dream? My dream. Yeah. Um, me, I want, since I am studying medicine, well, obviously like I want to become a doctor. Yeah. I want to become a cardiologist. So, I would say my dream would be to be in a world where I am able to help people like that in that sense, where I am helping people in, like, 
performing, like doing cardiology, you know, doing what I studied for. So to keep myself motivated, I constantly remind myself of that dream. I constantly remind myself of why I need to be as consistent as I should be. So that to keep it alive. Yeah. Yes. Consistency, dreaming, imagination. Sipokazi, uh, let's take it forward for you. What is it that is uh, taking you forward that other young people could learn from you? But also, what is it that uh, you dream of? Um, what I can say to um, young people out there, um, just to add on what Jeanette said, I, sh- I can say that they shouldn't be afraid of dreaming, even if the situation is com- the complete opposite of or is completely against what they really want to achieve in life i feel like we shouldn't limit ourselves i feel like as a person you should dream not reaching for the stars but literally dream as far and beyond as pluto or jupiter (laughs) or like beyond the mercury galaxy i i feel like we should as a as a as a as a young person you should always look at your situation, not allow it to destroy you, but strive to actually change it so that the person who comes after you can also be encouraged to do the same. Um, so I feel like as I feel like the youth should actually just always strive for more than what people say because, for example, where I come from, not a lot of people understand the whole thing of actuarial science, the whole thing of mathematical science, applied mathematics. Um, most of our uh, elders just understand a career in teaching, understand a career in medicine, they understand a career in engineering. So I feel like as a youth, we shouldn't just focus on those careers only, but we should just go as far as we wish, as far as we dream. So, yeah, I feel like as a youth, we shouldn't limit ourselves based on what our situation is, but we should actually dream beyond it and strive so Sipokazi, and, and, and Gleit, I'll hand this to you as well. It's a message from one of our listeners saying, and, and it's a very fair question, is that there are so many people who don't get the opportunity to follow their calling. And yeah. uh, our guest is wondering, what would you say to, to people? Is, is it, um, you know, you guys do have this incredible opportunity to follow a calling or, or a passion or whatever the case may be. Not everyone gets that opportunity. And this comes from Jared. What would you say? Me. Hello? Yeah, Glet, I'll go to you for that. Okay. Okay. I would suggest that like, you must never give up. There's no certain time frame to which don't attach a time frame to your goals because that's just, that's just going to cause you a lot of stress and a lot of unnecessary. Sometimes you might even get depressed from that because sometimes things don't go as we had planned. So I would say... Do not attach a time frame like that. Do not sort of limit yourself around the grounds of time. Because, mm. okay, leave space for disappointment. Because sometimes things just don't go as we plan. And there's, sometimes there's really nothing we can do about it. But then what you can do for yourself is to not give up and to keep working hard and remain consistent. Just yeah. don't give up. Your time will come. 
That's uh, what I believe in. I would also maybe add to that, and, and Jared, it's an interesting question, and, and I would add to it that there's not only time, but there's also, um, when one talks about a calling, there, there may not necessarily be one calling in life. Um, yes. Certainly I look at my own life and I think of all the different things that I've done and the different journeys that I've taken. I mean, I've chosen different roads, but that's never been only one specific road. So, Jared, I would I would suggest that. Sipokazi, we do have your second guest, Vuiswa Nguenya, the author on the line, author of a book called Teen's Dark Side. Vuiswa, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. Fuiswa, I want to um, jump in, and then I'm going to take you back to Sipokazi. There's a bit of a crickle on your line, but no worries. Um, Teen's Dark Side, you wrote a book, your first book, I'm assuming, or is this more than one? It's my first book. Yeah? Yeah, and I wrote it um, at the age of 16. Yeah. I was inspired by my environment, you know. And as a young person who likes reading, I didn't have that um, inspiration from other young people who have written books, young as I am. So I saw an opportunity to actually write my own story and actually inspire other people who are young as me, who are actually facing other teenage life experiences other than mine. So for them to actually share also, so how did you go about that? Did you did you self-publish? How did you do it? I self-published. Yeah. Yeah, with the help of my family. Yeah. At first, they didn't believe it because I didn't tell anyone that I was writing a book. Yeah. So it was a surprise. But they actually supported me all the way. So, Sipokazi, we have got Vuyiswa on the line. Is this a, an old school friendship as well? Yes, <laughs> um, it, it actually began in primary school. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we've been friends ever since. Okay, so for you, Swa, then you have to tell us. Sipo Kazi, when she was in primary school, she's already stated <laughs> that she wasn't that keen on maths when she was much, much younger. Spill the beans, for you, Swa. Well, Sipo um, um, Kazi and I were were just friends at first. We're just knowing each other and um i feel like our academics actually brought us closer because in primary we were actually competitors so (laughs) it was a journey where we actually had to go through together to for us to actually have the friendship that we have today so she has been a person who has grown very much and and she's continuing to grow and i'm very proud of her how did that competition work i always love the idea when you talk of competition we want to go oh. well it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an official competition but <laughs> she didn't was, even know it was happening <laughs> no we didn't <laughs> we didn't we didn't know we didn't actually we, were, we wasn't aware that it was actually an, a competition but it actually grew us to becoming the people that we are today. So for me, I'm very thankful that our friendship actually started way, way back. 
Um, you know, I'm listening to all of you talk, and Glet has mentioned it, where you've mentioned it, Sipokazi, you've mentioned it. You've all uh, demonstrated a passion for academia, or not necessarily academia, but academics and studying yeah. and that kind of work. And I'd love to hear from all of you. I'm not sure if Glet is still on the line. No, he's not on the line, but uh, I'll just ask you, Voyiswa and Sipokazi, um, the role of your parents in making this happen. Sipokazi, I'll start with you. Um, my family, well, my parent was my mother was really um, supportive yeah. in a lot of things. She was the one who actually helped me find a bursary. Um, she was the one who introduced me to my bursary sponsor. I didn't even know they were open. She went on to work, ask her, her colleagues, and did research for me, and actually <laughs> came and told me that this. These people are open. Please apply. You have it. You you be surprised, and you actually get it. And so she's been like that since primary school. She she would help me in a lot of things. She would provide for me whenever I needed stuff. Even when her situation, her financial situation, was not agreeing, she would always make a plan to make sure that I always had what I needed. I always had books. I always had data. Mm-hmm. I always had. Literally everything that I needed, she was always there. She's still, she's still doing the same thing even now. Even when I'm still in varsity, she still provides for me. And so, yeah, she's really been supportive, like a lot. Yeah. The critical importance of uh, supportive parents. As Wiesa, yeah. what about you? Well, um, my family. I'm really grateful of um, my family because they've been there. Yeah. For like ever. And That's when I true. actually told them that I'm, I'm actually writing a book, they were there. They wanted to know what I wanted. They didn't actually tell me what to do. So I was the one suggesting everything that I wanted and everything that I desired. And for interviews, I, I went with my grandma because uh, I live with my grandma. Yeah. Yeah. And she's been there. She talks to me about things that I want. We talk about things um, abroad, yeah. like what's my plan, what what now, you know, things like that. And mm-hmm. I feel like our relationship as as grandmother and do- and daughter and granddaughter it actually matters and impacts so much in my life. And like yeah. the previous year, I was actually upgrading my subjects, so this year. She asked me, Ruti, do I really want to go to school? I want to actually carry on with my book career. And I was like, no, I want to go to school because I feel like if I go to school, then I'll have like much more opportunities to actually um, pursue my book career. We wish you all the very best for Yiswa and Gwenya, Sipokazi, Magogula. Sipokazi, I love your idea that we need to think beyond the stars and move our way towards Pluto and the planets even further. In fact, yeah. let's expand beyond those planets. And we want to just say, we've, uh, Dr. Phil Mahuma has said, um, I'm encouraged listening to these articulate, optimistic and visionary youngsters. They'll take Mm -hmm. the baton and we are here for guidance and mentoring. And uh, we hope that that continues and we look forward to seeing you grow from strength to strength. It's 10 o'clock. It's time for the news. It's no longer good morning. It's now goodbye.